Welcome to the Bible for Kids podcast with your hosts, best-selling children's author Amy Parker and author and co-creator of VeggieTales, Mike Naraki. If instilling biblical values in kids is important to you, this podcast will help give you the resources, wisdom, and hope to do just that. Now let's join our hosts, Amy and Mike, for this week's episode. Welcome to the Bible for Kids podcast. I'm Mike Naraki. And I'm Amy Parker. And we're talking again with our friend, Trisha Goyer. You may remember her from the Grumble Free Year, uh, which we talked about back in December. And she's back with us here today to talk about her new book, Prayers That Change History. But first... We like to start every episode with a Bible verse, since this is the Bible for Kids podcast. And this comes from Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20 in the um, New Living Translation. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So uh, to remind our our listeners, um, Tricia Goyer is the best-selling, award-winning author of more than 70 books. 70 books. Wow. (laughs) You stay busy. (laughs) Both historical fiction and nonfiction uh, related to family and parenting. Uh, She speaks across the country, serves in ministry with her family, and is a homeschooling mom of 10, including seven by adoption. Uh, Tricia is also a grandmother of four and wife to John. So welcome again today with us, Tricia. Thanks for having me. It's great being here again. Thank you. I know that homeschooling is a huge part of your life. Um, So how many kids have you homeschooled? Tell us a little bit about that homeschooling journey. And then how many are you currently homeschooling now? All right. So I've homeschooled all 10. Um, Three are graduated in college. Two are college graduates. My third is um, in his junior year of college. So it's possible. Like, they can actually go on and do things. Um, And then our 19-year-old is doing part-time college right now. And then I'm homeschooling seven, still at home. Wow. Wow. So so homeschooling was uh, part of your inspiration for the prayers that changed history. Is that correct? Yeah. So through the years, as we'd read different stories, I'm reading history books, I would come upon these prayers. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is such a cool prayer. And things I didn't know about before, like one thing was Christopher Columbus, um, they, were, they wanted to turn back. His crew wanted to turn back. And he went down and he talks about in his journals he went down and prayed and got in his knees and felt God saying three more days and he went up he says if we do not find land on the third day we'll turn around what was that morning of the third day that they found land and I'm like I've never heard about this before they don't teach that in in history books (laughs) and I know I mean his life is controversial in so many ways but just that those moments of prayer that throughout history that we see that God changed things and God changed people so it starts with changing people and then people change things in history. And so I started collecting them. Like as we're going through the years, I'd write stuff down and put it in a file and kind of put it away. And it was over the years that that just built up until like, I think this is a book. Well, yeah. you know, um, it's, it's really cool for me to hear like what, you know, knowing that you've written 70 books <laughs> and do you spend a lot of time exploring and doing research? I mean, how do you, as, as, a, as a writer and as an artist, you know, how do you, how do you come up with new thoughts and new ideas? Uh, yeah, and stories? I think most of my, I would say almost all, everything is from a true story that's, even my fiction's like a true World War II story that I've interviewed veterans before. I've gone on research trips to Europe. So I'm like, research, I love it. And I love like digging in and finding these parts of history that a lot of people 
don't know because I, I feel like I didn't learn these things. Like history was one subject that I hated growing up until I Me became too. a writer. And then <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh my goodness, this is so cool. And there's so many amazing stories. And so just kind of digging those out and bringing those to life for people has been a really important part of kind of my writing journey. That's great. You know, and I, um, I, I uh, teach it in college and when we teach creativity to kids, we talk about uh, kids, young adults, students. Yes. <laughs> we, we talk about uh, the artist as the explorer. Mm-hmm. And um, when you're when you're trying to create, um, you know, God is God is really the only uh, one who can create something out of nothing. Um, and so uh, as, as creators and creatives, you know, we need to to to. To, to explore, to go out there and, and get this information that is out there and combine it in new ways uh, to bring it together. And so yeah, uh, you're and just a, a really great that. example of that. And when I was like doing this and I'd come across a story and and start digging in and then I'd, I'd connect it to the Bible so many times. So, so yeah. like St. Patrick, he was 15 years old. He was kidnapped and taken to Ireland um, from Wales and he was a servant. He ended up escaping, coming back. and But he saw the Druids. He saw their sacrifices um, that were just so against God. He wasn't even a Christian when he was there, but when he came back, he gave his heart to the Lord. And then he realized like he'd had this burden for the people of Ireland. And he had a dream that someone came to him from Ireland, said, come back and, and bring us the gospel. Well, of course, that's like Paul with the Macedonians yeah. had the dream, come and tell us the gospel. And I'm like, this is so amazing. Like it's totally God is doing the same thing again with St. Patrick. And all we think of is leprechauns, uh, four-leaf clovers and stuff. And so just being able to tell people, like, this is the true story. And look what, this is like Paul in the Bible. And so many things in history can just relate to, you see God, he, he's so faithful to people to, to bring someone like St. Patrick or bring someone like Paul. It just shows his faithfulness. And so we could say, you know, turn it around to kids, like, how can God use you? Look at how he's used people in history. And that's what I love is like connecting those moments in history and making it so it's real to us today. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. You open the book in the introduction. You have the verse that I just read, um, Matthew 28, 19 through 20. And I found it really interesting that all, out of all of this is prayers that changed history. Mm-hmm. So out of all of the Bible verses that you could have used about prayer, you chose one that doesn't even mention prayer at all. And you kind of touched on the why I think you did that. But tell us why you did that. Yeah, because really, I want the whole thing to be about these are people in history. But what about you? How can you pray? How can God use you? And this started with my kids homeschooling. We would read missionary stories and like, how is God going to use you in your life? And I remember my daughter, who's 27 now, at nine years old. We just read Gladys Alward's um, story. And she's like, I want to be a missionary someday. And that's super cute when they're nine. But then when she was 20, 21, she just graduated with her bachelor's. She's like, I really feel God calling me to the mission field. And she moved to the Czech Republic. And so it's like I could see the seeds planted. And this is what we want for our kids. But sometimes like when they get older, it is scary to see them go out and do those things. But like I would rather have her living. And she still lives there. She's married. She's still in ministry. She has a baby now. I would rather have her living on the other side of the world, serving God, discipling others, leading others to him, than having her live five miles from me and like not doing what God called her to do. Yeah, she's living into her gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so in terms of the, the, the span of time of the book, uh, you, you start shortly after Jesus's resurrection uh, while Jesus's disciples are, are still around. 
um, uh, you know, Polycarp in 69 AD, and then go all the way through Bonhoeffer in 1945. Yeah. So nearly to today, this is a short, uh, you know, uh, uh, 50, 50 or so years. Um, was it was that intentional to kind of span that 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 you know two thousand year? Yeah, year? and I really wanted to find people throughout history, um, and it's hard, like, because there's so many amazing people and amazing stories, but some are club clumped like around you know different times in history so it's like trying to find ones that will kind of spread out yeah. and then like D- and Diedrich Bonhoeffer and, and Corey Ten Boon they are two of my favorite because I love everything World War II <laughs> yeah. um, and I really just wanted in there and I know we could I mean we could do another, a different version of after that time of different ways God's using people but I really wanted kids to see like in recorded history there's these people that are just doing amazing um, things for him and then I just wanted to share Corey Ten Boon's story real quick because I had planned originally to talk about just how forgiveness and pray, the prayer of forgiveness really um, changed her. But what I discovered is when she, when she um, was, they were hiding Jews in 1942. And when she was arrested, before that, her family had did, did a prayer for the Jews every Sunday night for a hundred years. Oh my goodness. So I was thinking like, this is all going to be about her forgiveness after she was um, in a concentration camp and how she's able to forgive the guards. But a hundred years before her grandfather had started a prayer group to pray for the Jewish people. So her whole life, even before she was born for a hundred years, every Sunday night, they would pray for the Jewish people. So of course, when it comes to seeing the Jewish people being persecuted, being arrested, her family's going to do something. So that grandfather had no idea that a hundred years later, the generations that are going to be impacted by that prayer group starting. And so, and the last prayer group they held was the Sunday before they were arrested. So it's just seeing that how God, so that's, again, it's not only through history, like Corey's story, but Corey's grandfather's story. Yeah. It was just like this, you know, guy that no one would have heard of in the Netherlands and that his simple prayers ended up being impacting her. Wow. Yeah, and that's such a statement about the legacy of faith. Mm-hmm. It's it's a, you know more of a tangible thing. You're setting up your granddaughter yeah. to be Corey Ten Boom. Yes, um, I think that's probably a great place to take a break. We will be right back on the Bible for Kids podcast. Okay, favorite listeners, we are always giving something away. Free books, yay! So to win, check out our instructions on Instagram and Facebook at the Bible for Kids. And just look for the Bible for Kids podcast at Google or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, is back. In his hilarious new chapter book series, 10-year-old Michael and his friend Justin sneak into the Dead Sea Caves near the archaeological dig where Michael's dad is working. Michael finds a couple of 2,000-year-old squirrels petrified in sea salt. Hijinks ensue as Michael tries to bring them back to the U.S., hidden in his backpack. What Michael thinks are just cool souvenirs may turn out to be something much more. The Dead Sea Squirrels series is humorous, fun, and filled with character-building lessons. As co-creator of VeggieTales, co-founder of Big Idea Entertainment, and the voice of the beloved Larry the Cucumber, Mike Naraki has been dedicated to helping parents pass on biblical values to their kids through storytelling for over two decades. To find your own Dead Sea Squirrels, head over to Tyndale.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookstore. Welcome back to the Bible for Kids podcast, and we're speaking with Trisha Goyer. So from an educational standpoint in the prayers that changed history, I noticed so many things that were solid educational opportunities. There are 
of course, the typical history things. There are timelines and dates, but there's actually photos of these people and actual quotes from the historical figures themselves. So this is not just a collection of stories. We talked a little bit about it's a um, it's a timeline of our history as a Christian faith mm-hmm. and even as a country. Um, Christopher Columbus and, of course, other, uh, you know, the World War II and stuff in there. Um, so talk about the span of the timeline a little bit and why it's important for us as Christians to understand. Yeah, and I think so many times, like, we just think of, Church is how we do church today. Yeah. Like we go in and we sing three songs and sometimes they're hymns, sometimes they're yeah. more worshiping songs. And that's what kids think about when they think about what church is, what being a Christian is. Yeah. But as we look through history and as we read stories of people searching for their faith and uh, different ways of faith, even one of the people that I have in there is Mother Teresa and just how nuns, when she was a little girl, impacted her and shared the gospel and when she was eight years old, she knew that she wanted, and she wrote a journal. And I love like digging out this eight-year-old Mother Teresa journal about God, I, I dedicate myself to you. And she heard about people feeding the poor and serving people. And that is not something that you hear about like in the church today and right. just how we do Christianity. Right. But I think it's so important when we go back and say, this is how different people served in history or Polycarp, like they were being persecuted. He was killed, you know, all these things, like this is people, how they serve God in history. It didn't look the same. They're not going to a Sunday school class for 45 minutes and they're going into this other service and let them know that, that you know, you, you still have faith and people still have faith and serve God in different ways throughout history. And as you use, you know, the the, the book is about prayers through history, but as you use um, these concepts in your homeschooling, uh, mm-hmm. is it, it, it seems like these are part of your history lessons as well, right? They're baked Absolutely, because you yeah. look on the map and you say, okay, this is where they were. And, and this this country used to be called a different country at that time. You know, now it's Great Britain. Then it was Wales. I mean, different things. And you can. It just unfolds history. And then when they see these individual people, then they're studying about a war or they're studying about different conflicts. They're like, oh, yeah, that's when so-and-so lived. And I can, I can remember when we read about that. And it just brings it to life instead of just being dates and conflicts and battles and no one cares about that. Like when we hear about these individual people and what was going on in their hearts and their lives and how they saw things and how they were praying and how God was using them. And then we could see, okay, what we are living in history. Like it seems like so many times we just are focused on whatever's happening, but we can either leave our mark on history. We could be prayerful. We could be impacting the people around us or not. And so just getting kids that view of, Kind of history in general. Yeah, and really how God uh, is over it all, mm-hmm. you know, and in his narrative as that weaves through to, you know, from then to today. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. And, and you don't often see that in history books. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the something. Uh, first, I love how all of the the way you laid out every story with, with the same sections in each story. So mm-hmm. there is this parallelism to all of the stories. But I really love the something to think about and the um, your life sections in each story. They give the stories relevance in a kid's life, and they give a chance for an application of the the values that you're talking about in each story. So it's almost like a mini devotional for each story, I think. I, that's the way I read them. 
So how did your kids respond to this? Do you have any, um, you know, instances that you remember of actually working through this book with them? And have there been any aha moments as they work through these stories? Yeah, it's, so we, we did it like a devotional. And sometimes some of the chapters are a little bit long, so we do like half of it, and then we would come back the second day and do the other half. And we read through it a couple of years ago. I was just thinking, like, we need to go through this again. Yeah. Because even the it's younger so kids, good. I think every time you go through something, you learn something different and learn something Absolutely. more. Absolutely. But going through well, we would stop and we'd have each person answer the question, like, how do you think God could use you? And it like they don't think about that often. I think sometimes it takes us asking those questions for them to think about them in the future and how God could use them or what would that mean to you if someone brought you the the gospel? Or um, one of the people that I talk about is Mary Jones. She was a little girl from Wales and she did not have a Bible and how she prayed that she would have a Bible on her own. She saved money. She would collect firewood and and save money, and she had to um, walk, uh, I think it was like three miles to her neighbor's house just to read the Bible, and then when she finally saved enough money, she walked over mountains 20 miles to go get a Bible. She went to the town, and they were out of Bibles, and she started crying, and uh, the, the, the guy said, I was saving this for someone, but I'm giving it to you. So just talking about what would it be like if we didn't have a Bible? Like, yeah. how many Bibles do you think we have in the home? So even just continue the conversation, and they're like, we probably have... 40 Bibles. And it's like true. Like we have this Bible and that Bible and this kid's Bible. And like, what would it be like if you had to walk three miles to your neighbor's house just to read God's word? And so then you, when we're bringing out the Bible, they're more thoughtful about it. They yeah. realize like, this is something that I've taken for granted that maybe I don't take for granted. And then how can God use you to share the Bible with someone? And they'll think about, oh, you know what? Someone at church um, she didn't say she had a Bible, so one of my kids took her Bible, one of her Bibles to church and gave it to her friend there. And so just making it realize like they can do something. They can pray for someone, they can reach out to someone, and it doesn't have to stop with like, oh, that was a nice thought, and we could just move on to math now. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But really they can change. And one fun thing, one reader, her son, when she was doing it for devotions, he would make Lego, a Lego scene for every Oh my character. goodness! So like Polycorp, which showed him like you know being persecuted or whatever. <laughs> and Mar you know, Martin Luther. Can I, mean, I get that Lego kit? Yeah, and I, I saved the photos because it was so cute. And she yeah. would send them through me through Facebook. But she's like, look at this is what he made today. And so as she's telling the story, reading it, her son's sitting there playing with Legos, and that is like he's understanding the story and he's right. applying it. Right. When I think of um, uh, God using us to to change history, I go to. Um, the story of Esther, you mm -hmm. know, and how, how she was put in a place at, at such a time as this. And she had, you know, God, God gave her the opportunity to, to, to work toward his plan or not. And, and, you know, you kind of see that, well, God, God's plan is going to be worked out in the world, regardless of if you right. participate or not. But, you know, here you are, you know, at such a time as this, so you can have that opportunity to, to, um, you know, to, to, to work, work yeah. with that with God. And I think that's so important, like, cause we're studying Daniel now with mm -hmm. the kids. Um, yeah. And just talking about, he, like, he has to deal with all these kings who are known in history. Like, you could read about them outside biblical literature, and he had to deal with them either bribing him or threatening him, And but he stood firm. And that's, again, God is in history. Like he, But he puts these key people, whether it's Daniel in the Bible, whether it's Esther, whether, you know, all these people in this book, he puts them in certain places for a time, and they can choose to either follow God, to pray, to step forward, or not. But look at what God can do when they do step forward. Yeah, absolutely. And, and in each story, you explicitly tell how that person changed history, mm -hmm. uh, which makes the prayers so real. Um, so we can point back in that time and see how, you know, the prayer actually affected uh, that, that point in history. Um, through your book, obviously, you know, Jesus 
as a single character changed history more than anybody mm-hmm. else. But uh, as you were, as you were going through these different characters, uh, is there one that you can point to to say, okay, you know, this person's life, you know, made you know a really significant difference in the flow in the flow of history. Okay, now you're gonna put me on the spot here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think Martin Luther is one that I think about where yeah. the Bible is for us. Mm-hmm. Like he took it where from being this thing that no one could approach, we just need to listen to the priests and whatever they tell us to, we can have the Bible and read it for ourselves today. So, I mean, that's just the first one that came to mind. But that is like, the Bible's for us. Like, we can have it, we can apply it, we can read it for our lives. I love that. Yeah, and I don't know that we would even be having this conversation. I mean, but like like Mike said, you know, somebody else probably would have come and done that. But now we're talking about Martin Luther because he he did do that. He did take on that task while he was secluded in a tower somewhere yes and who is the most surprising putting you on the spot again <laughs> i'll say it really slowly so you can think <laughs> i'm thinking about it so who's the most surprising character you came across in the researching process or or who do you think we would find the most surprising i don't know the cory ten boom they were praying I, I think for the cory ten years. boom was the amazing. one that um uh, billy sunday is also one oh, that i yes. hadn't I read heard about before yeah and just that he, okay, so Billy Sunday was a baseball player, a very popular ba- baseball player that became an evangelist. And I, I mean, you could even listen to it, like YouTube and you could listen to his sermons and stuff. And yeah. it's just so amazing. It was like, God can take anyone. Like he could take rappers. He could take baseball <laughs> <Yep>. players. <laughs> he could take anyone and completely to transform him. And they said like in his time period, Billy Sunday, I can't even tell you the millions and millions of people that he preached to. And he walked away from this huge salary, yeah. As a baseball player, he could, he was popular for that. But people came because he had been a baseball star, and they knew him from that. Crowds came, and they talked about drunkards like throwing down their bottles and falling to their knees, and just his impact in history. I I don't think people, many people know about him, but yeah. the millions and millions and millions of people that he preached to that that came to know Christ is huge. And I think he was, uh, I just read that one last night, but he was actually out drinking with his friends yeah. and he heard the call of God. When he heard and, the call of God and remembered yeah. like his grandma singing those hymns and praying for him. Yeah. And then in that moment, he's like, he turned and followed God. Yeah. And all of that just puts in perspective the grandma singing the hymns, you know, our importance as, mm-hmm. as parents or grandparents or um, just, you know, leaders, authors, whatever, our importance in planting those seeds um, that could eventually grow into something like a, a Billy Sunday. And then and then also how God positions us, even Billy Sunday, for such a time as this. Mm-hmm. He gave him that position probably as a baseball player so that he would have the influence that he had. But he got to choose what he did with that influence. Right. And fortunately, um, he chose the path that led a lot of people to Christ. He did. And I think it just bringing back to your point about the grandma praying or the mom praying, I think because I speak at homeschool conferences and that's what people come up and say, you know, you talk about doing family devotions and praying with your kids and reading these books, but my kids, they don't want to listen and they roll their eyes. No kids want to listen. It's not your kids. And I say, I think everybody listening can relate to that. But I guarantee (laughs) they will remember it. Like even if, if if you have the teen sitting there, arms crossed, like pouting, God is going to put those seeds in their hearts. Like if you are faithful to give the word, God will use that later. And I worked with teen moms for years. I have a teen mom support group. And uh, I remember like sharing the gospel with them. Years later, they come back. Remember when you said that? And I'm like, you were talking to your friend. You were texting her. I didn't think you were listening. But like if you are faithful to put it out there, your kids, God can use those seeds. Absolutely. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back on the Bible for Kids podcast. 
Dive into the action and adventure of God's Word inside Bible Force, the first hero's devotional. Perfect for young readers, the colorful graphics will capture their imaginations while learning new and fun things about the Bible. Watch as boys and girls alike discover the story of God's original superheroes inside Bible Force, the first hero's devotional. Available now wherever books are sold. We're back on the Bible for Kids podcast, and we're speaking with Trisha Goyer. So back in the introduction, you posed some pretty profound questions to think about um, as as the kids or as readers go through each of these people in history. And um, they just stuck out to me as really powerful. What would have happened if this person hadn't prayed and acted on their calling? Would people's lives be different? And that just really shows the power and the impact of prayer. Um, and I think those questions we can apply not only to this book, but to the people of the Bible, as well as our own lives. Um, it's just one of those great application questions that really concretes the information in, in the minds of kids, especially if you're using it for educational purposes. But the takeaway, I think, is the best. What happens when we pray. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you have a personal example of that, something sort of profound or a personal prayer that changed history, so to speak? Yeah, I actually have a, a one that has a step one and a step two. Okay. So the first okay. one is me praying. Um, our, my pastor came up and asked me if I wanted to help start a crisis pregnancy center. And I was homeschooling. I was writing. I'm like, I do not have time. Yeah. <laughs> no. But when I prayed about like, I'm like, oh, but I'll pray about it. But you tell your pastor, right. I will pray about it. <laughs> when I prayed about it the next morning, I'm like, God, I'm using my words to go around the world and homeschooling. I felt God saying, like, remember who you were. Because I was a teen mom yeah. and faced a crisis pregnancy. And I just knew he was asking me to do that. So I stepped forward, helped start um, Hope Pregnancy Center in Kalispell, Montana. And God brought volunteers. I mean, he just he just did amazing things. My kids, I was, like, dragging them along. They were, like, folding <laughs> baby clothes. They were there, like, you sit here. I have to go do this pregnancy test or whatever. I mean, they were part of it. And I thought, oh, I feel so bad for these kids because God's called me to this and I'm kind of dragging them along because we're homeschooling in the afternoons or the pregnancy center. But years later, uh, my daughter felt called to the mission field and she wanted to go to the Czech Republic. We've been on mission trips there before and we knew some pastors there and they said, if you ever want to come, we'd love to have you. And so she said, mom, I really feel I'm supposed to move there for a year. And she says, I've been praying about it and I feel like God is saying that he is going to provide all the money not to ask for anything. And I'm like, okay, wait. (laughs) And she's like, remember all the times at the pregnancy center where you're praying for volunteers or God gave us a parsonage, someone's parsonage for our our center. And she's like, I just, I saw that happening. I just feel like God wants to do something in this moment. I'm like, okay, Leslie. So um, (laughs) as she's planning and the years, like she's going to be leaving probably in nine months at this point, like. She's not asking anyone. I'm like, can we do like a spaghetti fundraiser? Like, no. <laughs> a big sale or something. Yeah, people would hear about it and they'd like give her $100 here or different people from church would hear about it. She worked at Panera and there's a lot of Bible study groups that she knew and they'd like, oh, you're going on a mission trip. And one lady made her a quilt and someone brought Aww. a check. So God was like opening people's hearts. But it got to be three months before she was supposed to be there. And she's doing all her visas to be able to live there and stuff for a year. And they said, we need a copy of your bank account by tomorrow. We need to see that you at least have $3,500 in there because, you know, they just don't let people come live in their country. Right. Don't have any money. <laughs> and she didn't. She had like $1,200. Yeah. And she's like, what do we do? And I'm like, well, we don't have like $3,500 to put in your account. Like, she's like, you know what? I'm just going to pray about it. And she was there oh um, with a friend and they got yeah. and they just prayed about it. And uh, later that day, she checked her email and there was a notice from PayPal. And she had a blog that she was kind of writing about what she was doing. And there was a little like don't like donate button. 
never called to action or anything, but it was just there. And she got a notification that someone had put $10,000 into oh her goodness. account. And the wow. person that did it, which is like kind of the most surprising, when she was 15, she worked at a Wendy's restaurant and they had um, international students that would come and work there during the summer kind of to raise money to take home. And there was um, a Muslim man, he was a young man, a college student, that she would just share the gospel with everybody. And he's like, I don't understand. Like, you wear a cross, but that's like wearing a knife or a gun around your neck. <laughs> yeah. and I don't understand. And she's like, would get the Wendy's wrapper. And she'd be like, well, we are sin. And she'd like have mustard. This is our sin. And the blood of Christ, <laughs> she loves the ketchup. You know, it wow. takes away our sin. And You're she, evangelizing. is making me hungry. Exactly. <laughs> and so she would just like at work, just talk to him. He had, had tons of questions. Yeah. And, she, and she's like, well, why didn't you come talk to my dad? Because I don't know, like everything. Yeah. <laughs> he came over like three times and him and my husband would sit down and John would just share. And when he went back, my daughter gave him a Bible and he said, um, it's been like five years. And I don't yeah. even know if she'd heard from him that during that time. She says, I want you to know, he, he wrote her a little uh, message. He said, I want you to know that I became a Christian. I came home and I was depressed and I looked in that Bible and I started reading it. And he said, and I became a Christian. None of my family is a Christian. He says, I became a Christian and um, I'm an engineer now and I have money. And I went to find you because I thought, I bet she would want to know. And I saw that you were on a mission trip and I saw the button. And so he put in $10,000, which almost covered, she needed like 12,000 for the whole year. It almost covered everything. And I'm like, I would have been like, no, really, you really need to like <laughs> send out a letter. Um, that's why I'm like, send out right. a letter to my friends. And yeah. but she's God like, God needs thought, our help, yeah, right? And she, yeah. And she's like, she was just so like, God told me he's going to provide this money. Goodness. And if I had to like pushed it, you know, it wouldn't have been what it became. But no. God, and for the, you know, to put it on that man's heart, to look on the internet, to find her that day when she's praying and she had the money in her account the next day when she had to send them, this is what's in my account. It was just like. Those moments that God, it just shows us that God can still work today. It's not just Absolutely. like people in history or people yeah. long ago. Yeah. Like he still works today. Yeah. And isn't it funny? You're sitting there writing the book on prayer and prayers that changed history. And then here's your daughter showing you, teaching you a lesson about truly being faithful in prayer. That's just yeah. amazing. Trisha, thank you so much for being with us here today. Um, we really appreciate you coming in one more time. And uh, uh, just so our listeners can be aware, uh, where can uh, they find your books and how can people connect with you? Yeah, my website is just TrishaGoyer.com and Trisha is T-R-I-C-I-A and then Goyer.com. And then I'm on Instagram and Facebook, everything. If they put in Trisha Goyer, I'm there and I love connecting with people. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much once again. And thank you uh, for listening to us on the Bible for Kids podcast. Thanks for listening to the Bible for Kids podcast with Amy Parker and Mike Naraki. Be sure to connect with the Bible for Kids on Instagram and Facebook and at thebibleforkids.com. We'd love to hear your comments and ideas for future podcasts. You can email us info at thebibleforkids.com. The Bible for Kids podcast is part of the Way Nation podcast network. Find more podcasts at waynation.com.